listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister. Thank you for listening. The Infinite Smile Sangha is made possible by the generosity of friends, members, and people who have been touched by this teaching. Please visit our donations page at infinitesmile.org to help us continue our efforts in spreading the Dharma. So we talked about this very elemental part of the teaching, which is to, if you will, watch your experience, witness your experience, be the seer of your experience. And sometimes uh, it's helpful to uh, stretch this metaphor a little bit further and imagine yourself in the audience of a stage play. I recently went and saw uh, Samuel Beckett's um, play called Happy Days. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it largely takes place where this woman is buried up to her uh, midriff in soil. And it's just kind of this stream of consciousness talking about everything's fine, everything's just fine, you know. It's basically a study of denial. And, you know, no one better than Beckett to really, you know, just incise that into the consciousness of his audience, uh, just really just kind of spearing us with this, this poor woman's plight. And we come up on act two, and she's, now she's up to her neck. <laughs> she's up to her neck in this dirt. And it's, it was, uh, I mean, I love theater. I love the bard. I love listening just when stuff, when it's, when it's expressed so fully and so beautifully on stage. It's just marvelous. And I think there was a lot of amazing stuff going on in the subtext of this particular play. As, as excruciating as it can be to sit through Beckett, if any of you have seen, for instance, his most famous work, of course, is Waiting for Godot. Um, which, depending on how you interpret it, I always like thinking of it as waiting for God. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, they, they couldn't leave the stage, right? This woman couldn't leave her position. So 12 years later, his, his, his play, 12 years after Waiting for Godot, was something even more bound. And that's the way we can live. Our egos are those actors on stage. If you can imagine, just for a moment, that while you're sitting in meditation or experiencing your day-to-day, -day, if you can just imagine your mind as a stage. Maybe you're having a, a Beckett-esque day. Stuff's <laughs> just a little wacko. Maybe, maybe it's something more uh, mellifluous, like a, a, you know, a Shakespearean uh, drama. You know? Maybe it's something in between. Regardless, Every single thing that's going on in your mind is essentially being played out on this stage. Who writes the script? Ego. Who's the actor? Ego. Who are the supporting characters? Ego. <laughs> Lighting design? Ego. Set design? Ego. Get the idea? Director? Ego. Producer? Ego. It's all varying uh, uh, varying roles that our ego plays on this on this stage and if any of you have ever been in a performance um, 
uh, of any kind, actually, if any of you have been expected to get up on stage and deliver, whether it's musically or, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're a dancer or you're an actor or something like that, what's the one thing you don't even let into your consciousness when you're about to go on stage? What is it? You, you can channel fear, but what are you afraid of? Forgetting the lines. Thank you. Forgetting the lines. Okay? Because if you forget the lines, what happens? Then you're seen. You're exposed. The lie is exposed. All right? And this is the way we typically live our circumstantial lives. We let the circumstance play out and we're desperately afraid. Somehow those lines are going to be forgotten is actually what's going on. But the ego can translate that and turn it into another story of something along these lines. There's a lot to fear out there. A lot of really bad stuff could happen. If I do this, this might happen. If I do this, this might happen. Future, future, future. Our orientation is entirely predicated on some future event that has not occurred yet. And that's exactly the way the ego can manage its sense of control. It might also deliver some type of articulation of, of victimization, of hurt. My life has sucked. If I do this, that will happen. In other words, projecting something in the future and then throwing on an old story that came from somewhere in our past to give it extra weight. And what does this do? This future orientation of our experience and our past orientation of our experience, all it does is it rips on both sides. It's as if we are being pulled apart by two steeds, okay? Whereas where we really are is in that middle space. It's not past and it's not future, it's right now. And there are no lines in that space. You cannot forget your lines in the now. You just can't. It's always now. <laughs> okay, everybody can go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, isn't that remarkable? It's always now. It is always this moment. No matter what's happening. And if you're running thoughts about what could happen, that's still happening in the now, where there are no lines to be forgotten. You have to have some type of future orientation, or you have to have some type of past orientation to your experience to bring you down. And that's the way we habitually live. It's really normal. And we cling to stuff that takes us into the future. Plans. All of our plans, all of the stuff that we want to achieve, all, all future, we cling to that stuff. 
and it plays out beautifully on the stage. Similarly, all of those all of those actions that have worn us down from our past, all those memories, all the abuse, all of that stuff, all of the past victories that we want to redo, all of that stuff from the past, it's not coming back. It's now. It's always now, okay? So basically, I'm really trying to hit you over the head with this very, very simple, simple notion because from here, you can build a practice that will really, really kind of take off. Recognizing fully that it is never not now. <laughs> it's always right now. And can you be right in that? And can you notice, can you be that audience member watching the stage of mind whenever the mind starts running around and taking us into the future or taking us into the past. If you can do that, you've created this massive shift in your awareness. You've gone from being caught by what's on stage. You've gone from being manipulated by what's on stage into something that is unmanipulatable. Brand new word. I hope you like it. <laughs> How are you feeling? Fine, I'm unmanipulatable. <laughs> but there's a real power to this. Uh, and again, it's utterly simple. It takes no intellectual understanding. It takes no real uh, uh, physical practice to kind of just recognize, yeah, it's always only now. Hmm, yeah, it is. And how it's expressed, how that present moment is expressed comes through us in this beautiful way whenever we are utterly and totally still. And when I mean utterly and totally still, I'm not, that's not a euphemism, I mean it. When there is just utter stillness in our, in our sitting, when our mind has finally quieted down, yeah? Oddly, in those moments, as my teacher used to say, in those moments of utter stillness, we are at full expression of who we truly are. The rest of the stuff, vanity. Does that mean just shut up, don't say anything, you know, try to be in the movie theater? No. In the audience, just stay there. Well, yeah, stay in the audience, sure. Always watch what's going on, but that does not mean that you don't participate fully in your world. It means you engage totally, but you're now engaging from a place of stillness rather than from a place of busily seeking something in the, in the future to save you, some type of future salvation, some version of heaven. Or you are caught and being manipulated internally by some, something that has already happened. You're trying to recreate some past thing. Instead, you're present. And from that place of presence, from that place of peace, we don't automatically, we don't harm. Because we start seeing that the person sitting across the negotiation table from us is an extension of who we are. 
we see those that have trespassed against us are merely teachers reminding us not to trespass against others. We start actually looking at what's in the theater itself. We begin to recognize, I don't need to stay in this chair. Most teachings stop there. Most teachings will actually say, you know, just hang out and hang out in the uh, theater, watch your experience, tra la la, it's done. You know, now you're free. Um, I would say it's slightly different. There's more to the story, and that is that we actually recognize that we don't have to stay in the chairs watching the stage of mind. The more we become aware of the stage of mind, we actually have the power to get out of the theater itself in real sunshine, real light. Then guess what we do? We come right back in and get on stage. We come back into the world. We come back. We integrate what we have seen, what we've recognized, what we have uncovered. We start recognizing what has always already been right here, right now, and we start putting that into play in our everyday lives. That's an integrated, full awakening. The other stuff, partial. If we are here to bliss out, okay, we, uh, that, that only gets us so far. We become addicted to those feelings. And what happens so often, people have an experience as they're sitting in meditation, and it feels, oh my God, it felt like there was a, you know, I was wearing a yarmulke on my head, but it wasn't there. It was beautiful. Everything was, you know, they described this amazing thing, and all the colors that were good, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. Now let go of it. Huh? <laughs> let go of it? What do you mean? Isn't that the, isn't that the whole... Mm -mm. No. That's just an experience. Experiences are born in time. So guess what? Most likely that practitioner is going to spend a tremendous amount of effort and energy trying to get back to that event they had in the past sometime in the future. And then where are they? <laughs> They're being pulled apart. Everybody see that? Let your moments be their own majesty. Let every single moment be full. No matter what's going on, no matter what's going on, can you be right there for your life? Q&A. Um, and I love uh, the more basic the question, oftentimes the more helpful. Okay? Now, if you have some real intensely, you know, wild question, don't hold back. I'm just saying that for any of you who are new to this, any of you that are new to this and you're just sitting there and you're going, okay, n now I have no idea what's going on, you know, please, please far away. Yes? How often do you meditate with your eyes open? Uh, 
I actually, it's a very interesting question, Dave, because I have started, um, I've started meditating with my eyes closed, I would say probably 80% of the time now, for no real reason. I've always meditated with my eyes open. And yeah, and and it's just, it's been recent, it's been like within the last year that it's kind of, for some reason, just kind of taken over and I've found it to be um, really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Yes. I noticed during the meditation that you got up and left, mm. and I think someone else did too. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah, what we do is there's a, uh, there's a, there's a room on, uh, uh, over here, and we have, we have meetings. And the meetings, uh, that's, it's like a, essentially, uh, in Zen we call it dokusan, which translates roughly into one mind. And what we do is we sit across from each other and I wait for your question. And when your question comes up, I then give a response. Now, the res I say response because it sometimes isn't an answer. It's a response. And that usually leads into some type of dialogue of some kind. Sometimes they're very quick, sometimes they're much more lengthy, but um, it's available to any of you. If any of you want to uh, meet with me one-on-one, -on -one, there's you can actually uh, just dokusan at infinitesmile.org, and it's just like it sounds, D-O-K-U-S-O-N, okay? And uh, did, I, did I blow the spelling? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby actually, Bobby knows everything. Without her, I would choke. Um, thank you. Doku-san, you're right. Doku-san, the son of Doku. It's, uh, it's, basically, it's basically a chance for, uh, it's, it's a chance for the uh, awakening, awakening arises uh, out of a white hot flame. And what we do is you bring, you bring the, yourself, burning as it is, into, into the meeting. And I try to remain as white hot as I possibly can. Hopefully that fire that we both create there will actually be bigger. And usually things happen. Um, we, we, you know, understandings that weren't there for me, it was the greatest catalyst to practice. Is that I, I, but this, it's my learning style. I'm a yapper, surprise, uh, and I just found that these, um, uh, these teachers, as I would sit and actually begin to verbalize stuff, that stuff started to resonate much more powerfully, much faster than when I would just listen to a Dharma talk and listen to everybody else's Q&A and so forth. And so it's, it's available. Um, uh, so if I, I usually reserve two, two slots per Monday meditation, and we are booked up through, I believe, next week, but then after that I think there's some openings. So by all means, um, if you feel like signing up for that, that'd be marvelous. I'd love to, love to meet with you. Yeah. As we sit and meditate, or as I sit and mm -hmm. meditate, and I finally get quiet, and then watch the things appear, or the thought or visual, and I'm separate from it, and I'm observing it, yet sometimes it passes on, and sometimes it's just... It's sticky. Sticky. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes they're sticky. <laughs> <laughs> and so what do we do? Yeah. We observe the stickiness. Observe the essence of what's going on. And the essence of what's going on is most likely, ooh, this one's sticky. And then usually what will also accompany, ooh, this one's sticky, is, ooh, this one's sticky, I hate that. <laughs> and then egos on stage, I hate sticky. <laughs> There's one thing I can't stand, it's sticky. You know, and, and so you can watch that, you know, that whole thing play out. It's great theater. <laughs> Better than some Beckett. <laughs> but are you hearing me? All kidding aside, it's a, it's a no matter what, and that's why this is so cool. The practice is so cool because it, it's, it there's always something to work with. There is always something to work with. It's almost like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what do you do? Like, huh, I'm getting hit. Huh. Oh wow, I hate getting hit. I hate getting. Mm, uh, you know, it's this stuff that just keep and it's it's at light speed. And if, by golly, if you don't have a sense of humor about this, <laughs> I, it, it is freaking hilarious. M much of the time, even in, in the darkest moments, there's something so pathetically silly about it. It's true. You know? I, I oftentimes equate it to watching a third grade production of Wind in the Willows or something like that. You know, where you get some third grader and he, he is doing his damnedest to feign some type of British accent. And you know, he's got toad eyes on top of his head or something like that. And, and he forgets his lines and it's like, you know. You, you watch this and it's just so damn precious. And that is ego. It is exactly what's going on internally for each of us on every single one of our St uh, mental stages. So there's this huge burst of just oh, tenderness that starts showing up, especially when ego is really misbehaving. And then you see her. And you don't say anything, you don't, you're just observing, and she recognizes that her performance just isn't good enough. And there's a lessening in that one moment, there's a lessening of his or her power to co-opt all experience, to control and to stabilize and to manage everything. It's not quite as steady as it used to be. So this gets very unsettling and ego fights back and that's when the joy and the real, the real fun starts, you know. <laughs> Sticky. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm noticing now, as I get further into my meditation, uh, that there's a, a I'm experiencing a wider amount of time, I guess, where there's nothing to observe. That there's, there's it's the space between my thoughts. I don't realize it's happening really until. I get another thought, and then mm -hmm. I realize that there's been a big space between them. You mean like somebody just turned the AC off? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh wow, that was going the whole time. Yeah. But it's like the if if I'm if if I'm identifying, I don't know, the the language is not right, but if I am trying to be the witness, mm -hmm. or if I'm the witness. How is there a witness unless there's something to witness? I 
How is there a wit great question? How is there a witness unless there is something to witness? Simple. It's called awareness. Awareness awareness is self freeing. Awareness itself is self freeing. Words get really tough here. But essentially what you're saying is how does the witness exist unless there's something to show up that it can bounce off of? The witness doesn't need to bounce off of anything because it's always already there. And it's alive. It's awake. I guess that's, that's part of what my question is, is that it's, it seems like in my experience, when the witness doesn't have anything, any object, or when my mind is quiet enough so that there's yeah. there's nothing for me to be watching, really. mm -hmm. nothing for the witness to watch. It's like I disappear, and I'm not aware of being the witness. That's because there's not an eye there. Yeah. Right. And so, what do you have? I don't know. Freedom. <laughs> there's nothing extra right there. Yeah. So, rest there. Don't try to figure it out. Don't cling to it. Don't try to get to it again. Just let that begin to shift your psychological and spiritual experience into its domain. We just open to that. And so perhaps uh, uh, just a little pointer I have. As that, as that space between our thoughts, as we begin to rest there, okay, and it becomes quite literally just this huge opening Rest there as the opening. And at that point, we begin to see what is true and what is false about who it is that we think we are. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming tonight.